You are now tuned into Accelerate to Great Podcast with Nehemiah Davis, a podcast for aspiring and established entrepreneurs looking for their next level of greatness. Welcome back to another episode of Accelerate the Great. I'm your host, Nehemiah Davis, and today I'm excited. Well, every episode I'm excited because I get the opportunity to bring you some of the greatest, some of the brightest, some of the best minds in the business world, and I get to bring them to you so you can learn their strategy, so you can literally get in their mind for a moment and learn how not only they help grow their business, but they're helping grow so many other people's business. So today, you're in for a treat. We're going to talk about mindset, and we're going to talk about funnels and why these two Things are instrumental to your business growth. So, of course, I had to go find one of the best people to do it. One, she's an amazing businesswoman. Two, she's an amazing funnel uh, creator and just sales funnel um, processor. Like, she's just amazing. So, I had to bring Kim to uh, accelerate the great today. So, without further ado, I would like to bring boss lady Kim on accelerate the great. What's up, Kim? How you doing? I am awesome. How about yourself? Oh, I'm amazing. Thanks so much for uh, taking time out your day to be here. Listen, guys, I was a little afraid because Kim and I had the podcast scheduled and for two reasons, two times I had to reschedule and I was like, I really value her time. I know how much it is. So I'm like, I don't, please Kim do this for me. So thank you, Kim, for getting back on the line. I appreciate you. No problem at all. Listen, you know, iron sharpens iron. So we know that sometimes we have to stick and move as business owners. So I totally understand and get it. I appreciate it. So for you, you've been you've been a business owner for a while as well as helping people for a while. But the thing I noticed that a lot of us, we kind of overlook, right? We overlook how important having a proper mindset is when becoming a business owner. Because the thing I realized, especially with me teaching youth entrepreneurship, I understand if the kid's mindset isn't right, they're going to quit. Same with adults. I realize if they're willing to quit after one no, if they're willing to quit after one defeat, they literally won't make it in the world of business. So for you, how important is mindset and what's some some mindset shifts that you kind of help and coach people through? So I think mindset is like the number one thing that we always have to work on. And that's not just in business. That's like emotionally, mentally, when it comes to our health, when it comes to how like, you know, we are raising and breeding in our families when it comes to like, even think about it, when you think about someone who's an athlete, like, you know, mindset is important to them as well. And I think a lot of times people go into business and they think that it's going to be like this cakewalk because they see so many of us out here grinding and they see our successes, but they don't really see the climb that we go through. So for me, mindset is like huge. I tell people all the time, like you can't even go on this journey if you're not willing to shift your perspective on how you really want to get to the to the goal because the road is not going to be like you know peaches and cream it ain't going to be like it ain't going to be like walking down you know walking down market street you're going to have to like you know put some have to go up the hill and that's true i mean that's 100 percent true i noticed for me like i worked on my mind for years and just get me in the place of this has to work or this has to work entrepreneurship is the only way i know i have to make it work but it was hard to do that it wasn't just a a switch that you just click on and by, oh, I'm the most positive person. Oh, I believe everything gonna work. Oh, so what are some things that you kinda, how do you get people in that mind? So when you're starting off with somebody, what's the, Kim, what do I need to do? Kim, I need to get my mind right. So the first thing I always look at, like what people, where they're coming from, right? So like, you know, I'm a Philly native, so everybody out there. And so I grew up in West Philly, 40th and Market in the 90s. Like, you know what I mean? So when I tell people all the time, like, I'll be like, I'm from the block. So we coming from the block, like, you know, we think, we just think differently. But even when I went into corporate, I kind of had to make a shift because even though I was from the block, I couldn't be of the block moving through a nine to five. And, you know, when it comes to like, you know, going into business, it's the same thing. What helped me, it was a couple of things that I had to do. The first lesson I had to learn is that when it comes to like, just putting your, like trying to switch how you think. The first lesson I had to learn was to change my language because a lot of times we don't even realize how negatively we talk about every single thing. Like, yo, it's so crazy. And literally just changing how I said things and switching the tone to make it more positive. Like, instead of like, I was just telling a young lady the other day, she was like, you know, God willing, she's going to um, get, she's going to find a venture capital so she can have this building. And I was like, nah, if that's your goal, then, you know, just instead of saying God willing, 
you need to show up and be like, yo, like you need to show out, you know, I talk like, you know, so, sorry, y'all. I was like, you just need to change your language. You really just need to be like, I need to know what steps I need to take in order to get there, just dictate my way. You are the leader in this. So sometimes that's the number one thing is switching your mind, is switching your language, changing your language up. And that's a self-correcting behavior. Like I'm nine years into this and daily I have to even, I have to, even I have to still switch my language sometimes, especially when I get frustrated. The second thing I had to learn was I had to look at mindset shifts, especially in the entrepreneurial space, a little differently. Because we hear about, like, you know, the Abraham Hicks, and we hear about law of attraction, and people talking to the universe. And, you know, even though I didn't grow up in the church, I do have a Christian background. So I was conflicted when I first started hearing about law of attraction. Because I was like, one, it didn't make sense to me. Because I was like, why would I pray to the creation, meaning the universe, when I can pray to the creator? The other thing about it was I felt like I was, it was misguided faith placement. So I talked to my pastor. I actually grew up at Sharon Baptist Church. So I went to a family day and I was talking to Pastor Reed one day and he was like, um, you know, you just need to shift your perspective again, shift your language. And he was like, because honestly, all of that work, like the journaling, the affirmations, he was like, that's nothing but just affirming your faith in Christ. So you don't have to pray to the universe. You can still pray to Christ, Kim. You can still journal. Just look at your journals as writing out your prayers. Because when you look at the deeper meaning of it, it's still the same journey. They just, again, use in different language. When I've got that, that was the major click that I had to have that helped me go, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> we can do this. We can rock this out. And it can really be amazing. And once I got that part, and then I worked daily on changing my language and sentence structure, those are the two things I always get at people with. Like, so sometimes like people will see me on like Facebook and Instagram and I'll see my followers. I call them my village. Um, when I see them saying something or I do a caption, I'd be like, I'd be like, change the language. And I just change that sentence right up for them. They'd be like, oh my gosh, that just feels so much better. It feels so much, so much more refreshing. And I think that's the two things that we need to really do. That's good. I like that. And, and I think they sound simple, but they, they can, they, things that can literally change the trajectory of your life if you apply it, right? So and absolutely. Like even like I got nephews, my nephews are 13, they twins. And I'm constantly on them. And they be like, I know Auntie changed my language. Like they get in trouble in school. I'd be like, why it happened? They want to blame everything else. They be like, but you know what, Auntie, if I would have just did this, like it wouldn't have happened at all. Exactly. Because you do you still have to self-affirm and take some responsibility in that, even when it's sometimes, you know, you gotta always take play your position. And teaching our kids, especially for you, because you do like, you know, the youth entrepreneurs, like, you know, just helping them understand, like, you know what I mean? Like we, it's so easy to like change the trajectory of a child's future if they can just see the long game that they, that's ahead of them. Wow. That's key. And you know what else? Just another key is exposure. Like one of my favorite quotes is once your mind is expanded to a new concept or idea, it's hard to go back to its original way of thinking. One of, my, one of my mentees, he's 12 or well, 13, and one of his best business months, he made like eleven dollars or $12,000, right, selling his T-shirts. It would be very hard for him to ever go get a job because not too many jobs are paying you uh, five figures a month, right? So his mind has changed to only know this has to work, me being an entrepreneur, or it has to work. So if you're listening to this right now, how can you put yourself in a position that's going to make you want to change your mind. Like for us, we can't work because we realize what you can do as a business owner. We realize how much time freedom you have. We realize how we can make things work for us, but we had to get here. So one of the things as anyone listening to this, what position can you put yourself in that's going to make you one, change your language and change how you think about things. And I think that's, that's another key. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Like for me, like when I started my business, I was still in corporate and I was actually in leadership. I, re I reported directly into the C-suite. So I was like, in, I was a team leader by the age of 20. I was a manager, director, you know, um, global VP. I did like everything you can do besides C-suite. I done did in corporate and I built my business while I was still in the nine to five. And honestly, yep. I don't have the story of, and I tell people this all the time, because a lot of times when we talk to entrepreneurs, 
a lot of people have that I, I can't stand my job. I hated corporate. I didn't, I didn't, that wasn't me. Like, you know, yeah. like, you know, I worked at Independence Blue Cross Blue Shield. I had the good job. <laughs> right, right, right. And I was like, I liked my job. I wasn't at Blue Cross Blue Shield when I left, but I loved my job. And I only left my job because business became so freaking amazing. Like, and I just, mm. like. They oh. forced you out. Yeah. Business being so good forced you out. Yeah, because it was like, I don't have to do this. Like, and to the point that the president of our division was like, why are you still here? I was like, because I like y'all. He was like, no, you. it's time to go. <laughs> you know, and I haven't looked back since. And that was like 2015 when I went full-time corporate. And I'm still, like, you know, I left corporate full-time and I haven't looked back yet. Wow. So what was the components of you getting so overbooked that you had to leave your job? Because there's someone listening right now, Kim, who like, man, I feel like I'm getting enough business now. I might can leave my job. What, what made you really say go all in? Did, you, did your, side, your business replace your full income? What was that thing that made you say, hey, I know it's time for me to leave? A lot of people want to leave, but they, they, waiting to hear, they waiting to hear it from somebody. So, so what's your, what's your like, advice on that? It wasn't always peaches and cream, let me tell you. I started my business in 2010. From 2010 to 2013, I made a total of $24,000 in my business. But I thought it was the best side hustle ever. Because when you have a six-figure career, you know, you get an extra couple of thousand dollars. You think you're doing something. Absolutely. And then I tripled. I went from $24,000 to like $86,000 in like 12 months. And then I did, an, I tripled again. I went from $84,000 to $232,000. But here was the key that said it was time to go. Because the only mm -hmm. reason why I decided to go hard in my business was because of two words, Sally Mae. I was so sick and tired of my student loan bill because what happened was I, I was paying my student loan bill faithfully and I got that little white paper in the mail to go do my taxes. It was 2014, but it, I was paying 2013 taxes and I had paid over $8,000 and that all it went to the interest. I was so disgusted. Like that was my heartbreak moment. Like, you know how people be like, Oh, my lights was off. Like I was getting evicted. No, I paid $8,000 and it all went to interest. I was like nauseous. I was like, Oh, this got to go. Right. So what happened was I just started going, I started grinding because I wanted my business to work to pay off the student loans. And one day in 2015, it was like September. And I called Sally Mae because I was paying my bill by quarter. So I was just sending like $10,000 here, $15,000 here, $20,000 here. And I was like, how much, what's my balance? And she was like, oh, it's like $3,000 some odd dollars. And I was like, can I pay it? And she was like, you want to pay it in full? I was like, yeah. I said, do you want credit card or do you want to like take an ACH payment? Right. And with that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, I paid off $72,040.32 my entire wow. debt in like 18 months. At that wow. moment, I had to stop and go, wait, how much money have I really made in the last like year and a half? And that's when I went back, when I made my first $100,000 in a year, I didn't even realize it because I was so focused on the mission and the mission was pay off the student loan debt. And when mm. I had that moment and I paid on, and I got on Facebook and I had the little meme up about the student loan debt and I was like, with the paid thing, I was like, done. I ain't never going back to school. And not, if I ever go back to school, I got to pay for it in cash. And that for me was like, wait a minute. I don't have to go back to nobody's job ever again. And mm. so it just so happens that at the same time, my company was relocating. And they was doing everything they could, all the bribes to try to get me to stay on and move to Colorado. And literally, I, even my bosses was like, you do really do not have to do this. And so December, I just left. But for me, it was the student loan debt. And I just had a couple of other things that I wanted to have in place. My whole thing was, how much money did I realistically have to have in order to sustain the life I was living in corporate? Because, you know, we look at the salary and we go, oh, as long as I replace my salary. But I also had to, because I was in leadership, I know to think about a couple other different things. Like, you know, we may make $120,000 a year, but your entire package, your value to the company may really be like 135, 140, because they're right. paying your healthcare, they're paying into your 401k, they sending that yep. tax statement off to the IRS on your behalf, like they doing all of that. So I had to look at it like, can I cover that and still be comfortable? And it was no doubt in my mind that I couldn't. But again, that was also a, a language shift and a mindset shift because I really mm. don't think if that had to happen like a year prior, I would have made the same decision. Wow. 
wow, that's crazy. But look at that, something so negative, and not negative, but you wanting to get out of student loan that so bad made you go hard. Like you might, if you didn't have that student loan that I'm not saying you would, but you might be still chilling at the job because you're like, man, well, money is still good. I don't have to worry about that. But a lot of us look at, you know, negative things and not see the, the blessing in it. Those student loans was I, based on the story, sound like it was a blessing because it propelled you to go hard. You paid them off and then you just kept the momentum up in your business. Yep, it, it definitely did. And then also, too, a couple of uh, one other thing had happened, too, because when I started my business, I didn't start my business as the sales funnel strategist. I was not the funnel traffic queen at all. Right. I gotcha. actually did personal branding because I came from corporate. I was doing customer service. I was doing sales. So I knew how to build a customer service department and make customer service work really well. So that's what I was gotcha. teaching people. And literally. I had people was coming to my coming into my business so hard that I only could take clients on weekends because I still had a nine to five job and I would charge people an extra fifteen hundred dollars if they wanted to meet during the week and people were paying it. And I was like, well, wait, wow. <laughs> I was like they willing to pay me fifteen hundred dollars extra for a weekday appointment. I'm on to something here. And mm. that's when, like, literally, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. And my mom was still living at the time. And she was like, baby, if you want to do it, you might as well do it. Wow. And I just, like, was like, you know what? Well, everything shifted. And, and sometimes I also believe this. Like, I know, I know a lot of people who follow you definitely, like, you know, are believers in Christ or whatever. But I also believe that sometimes, literally, you have to have that physical thing placed in front of you in order for mm-hmm. you to really take the, take the leap. Because even though we know we need faith and we got to take the leap, it sounds good when people say it to you, but we don't always make that jump. And I think with my company being sold and having to move to Colorado, and it was like, do you move to Colorado or do you take the package, right? And it's like, I'm really not moving to Colorado. Like, I don't know if you've ever been out there, but it ain't for us. <laughs> it's like, I'm really not moving to Colorado. And it was like, I know I'm not moving to Colorado, but I could have easily took the package and went and got a new job. Or I could have just moved to a different position in the company and still been working. But I was so like loving what I was doing, showing up for people and being able to show people how to really shift their own businesses that I was like, yo, this is like truly like when you truly find that thing that clicks for you and goes, I was, this is what I was meant to do. Like I could show up and do this in my sleep. Like when you find mm-hmm. that thing, your whole attitude about it changes. Like, you know, just Absolutely. thinking about like that, that 2015, like I get goosebumps even just thinking about it. I think that is that called purpose? I think. Uh, yeah. That, and it, I mean, that's the truth. That's when people truly find their true purpose and also yeah. not just your purpose, but you step into what your message should be. Mm-hmm. That's good. So you're saying, so if you were to explain how do someone find, like for me, a lot of people say, yo, how do you find your purpose? I'm like, it's different for everyone, but a few things or your passion. I said, what comes easier to you and harder to others, right? And what could you do for the rest of your life and not get paid for it? And not saying that you don't want to get paid for it, but you need to love it that much. Like I love entrepreneurship so much. I love working for myself so much. Like it doesn't feel like work. I could do interviews all day. I could do entrepreneurship all day because I love it. So do you have any suggestion for someone? Like what steps do you take to find your purpose? Like I know you share basically how you found I really, I really believe those two things. Those are the two things I ask people. I say to people all the time, what's something that you really enjoy? Like if you had to think about what's the thing that, you know, all your family, like your family, your friends, and they come to you for, for advice or ask you to do, what is it? Like is, everybody has, I feel like three things that you good yeah. at. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so for me, like, you know, I can make a mean pot of oxtails. Like, you know, so family, when the Ooh. holidays come, they like, Kim, you want mm-hmm. it to got the oxtails? I'm like, I got you. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when it comes, when my even my friends like you know when they trying to think out a business idea they on facetime they calling me up and literally i will walk them through a strategy and i didn't always know that that was my thing i literally when i tell you guys what i did was when i decided i wanted to start a business one of the things that really like gets under my skin though i ain't even gonna lie when people be like i want to start a business i don't know where to start and i'd be like what do you know how to do like what do honestly and i'm not being funny I'm like, what do you know how to do? I didn't know I was good at sales. 
I didn't know that I would get, could get somebody on the phone and they would give me like, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars just because I asked them to. I didn't know that. Wow. But what I wow. didn't know was I knew how to run a customer service department. I knew how to run a team. So when I got ready to start a business, that's what I did. I literally took my skill set that I used every single day in corporate and I turned it into a business. And in mm. the process of turning that skill set into a business, I was able to shift and find what I really wanted to do. I talk to a lot of people who come to me for sales funnels, right? Because that's what I'm known for. That's what I branded myself as. And in talking to them, I realize sometimes they're not in business for what they really want to do. It's usually right. something else underlying it. And I'm like, well, this doesn't, whenever someone is feeling resistance, like, I know you probably met people like this too. Like you, they, you can give them the entire system step by step and they just won't do the steps. And usually that's because it's yep. a level of resistance there. And when we start talking, I start realizing it's because they're not doing what they want to do. They have a skill set that they want to monetize, but they won't monetize it either. A, because somebody told them it was a stupid idea because they think, well, this is the thing that everybody knows. And if everybody doing this, why should I? Or three, it's like, I don't know how to get it done. Right. And the reality is figuring out how to get it done. That's the easiest part because there's resources everywhere. Two, who told you that it was a stupid idea. Somebody else who don't have a business because they don't count. Right. <laughs> they really don't count. Right. And that's what I say. First, look at your skill set. What is the thing that you know how to do to come super easy? And then, like you said, like, um, what are you really passionate about? So for me, I'm passionate. Like, you know, my skill set is if you were to pull somebody on the line, I could help them figure out their business strategy because that's what I'm good at. But my passion, like the message that I need to tell, the story I need to tell, the person I need to be is because I know how important it is for black women entrepreneurs to be able to have a thriving, thriving, profitable business. So what we start in businesses at the high, we're the highest rate, we're the highest rated group for starting new businesses. But how many of them are staying in business? How many mm. of them who have businesses so profitable that they actually live on the other side of abundance? They're not working from sunup to sundown just to pay their mortgage, right? Mm -hmm. So my whole thing is I want to be able to take my skill set and use it to feed it back into the community because that's my passion. Mm, that's good. That's good. I hope I hope y'all taking notes. That's good. So you you uh, touched on sales funnels uh, a few times in here. Let's talk about why a sales funnel first. For those who don't know what it is, what is a sales funnel? Why should you have a sales funnel? And what's some components to a successful one? Let's 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 dig into this topic. So first and foremost, as what is a sales funnel? A sales funnel is nothing more. Then the, the things you are probably already doing every day to build your business in the, in the simplest way to say it, it's just how you structure all of your marketing activities into one system. So that way it's doing three things. It's attracting your ideal clients it's priming them to buy from you and it's turning on lookers into buyers. Your sales funnel only has three jobs, attract, prime and convert, right? I think where people get so confused at is because so many people are talking about sales funnels right now because it's like trendy and everyone has either they pro sales funnel or they anti sales funnel. And personally, I look at it like this. I don't know a business out here who doesn't have people in a funnel. Mm. If you want to know why you go on Amazon and you look for something and then you turn around and you see it on Instagram, it's because they have you in a sales funnel. If you want to know why you go on Wayfair and you look up a bar stool, and next thing you know, the app sending you notifications about bar stools, you get an email about bar stools, bar stools on everything, it's because they got you in a funnel. And the reality is, just because you are a small business owner, even if your business is broke and or broken, you can still play with the big boys as long as you have the tools to use it. And my job is to make sure you know how to get the tools to use it. Mm. So, and then when we talk about the components of a sales funnel, right? Like the basic sales funnel, you just have to have a way to attract people. So like if you are retail, right? And I define retail by people who actually ship physical products to a consumer. Like, you know, you may bribe people to get on your email list with like free shipping offers, a discount. That's nothing more than like your freebie, your lead magnet, or what we would call. If you were a service-based business, that may be like the quiz, the PDF. Like the, I always tell people though, I think people get too hooked up on what should my lead magnet be? Because at the end of the day, if you're a small business owner, even if you aren't the face of your brand, you are the lead magnet 
because you, your customers are really true. You have to connect with your customers. So that's important. The other thing is like, you know, how email marketing outside of social media, because of the dreaded Facebook, Instagram, which today, everyone should have email marketing, right? Facts. <laughs> no. Listen, facts. Facts. So that is, so that's big, right? Making sure you have your email marketing set up. And then also making sure you're utilizing your email marketing because just because you're building your list, you also want to make sure that, you know, you massaging that list too. So the same dedication that, you know, people put into showing up on Facebook, showing up on Instagram, showing up on Twitter, they got, they want to, you definitely want to make sure that, you know what I mean? You talking to your list, like, you know, a couple of times. How, how often you suggest in terms of email marketing, let's get it. How, how often should you be messaging your list and what would you say how much of that should be sales like is it should it be value 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 sales like in a month or in a week how many of those should be sales how many of those should be value as you said massaging your list i know you don't just want to blast well, them with here, well here's the thing right so he, let me let me add before i answer that i gotta add one thing to that absolutely i do sales funnels differently like so i am not by any means an internet marketer i use the internet to market my business that's two mm. different mindsets Right. Mm -hmm. The reason why I need to say that is because I believe in connection. So sales funnels for me is about how do I connect with my target audience and how do I build that no love and trust factor? I don't want the no like and trust factor. Anybody can like you. I want my people to love me. Right. Mm -hmm. I like that. To tell their friends, family and followers, go follow Kim McCarter, buy from Kim McCarter. Right. So I, when I, anytime I email my list, my list hears from me. Some people on my list hear from me every day. Some people may hear from my list at least three to four times a week. Cause I definitely believe in showing up in people's emails like three to four times a week. And there is never a time when I send an email and it don't have an offer in it because I also mm -hmm. believe in the philosophy of sell every day. You don't get mad when mm -hmm. Amazon sends you five emails a day. You probably mm -hmm. only three out of five of them. Cause you don't want to miss your lightning flash deals. So why yeah. do you want to treat why do you want to treat Kim McCarter? I'm helping you make money. Amazon wants you to spend it. So what's the difference? Mm -hmm. Ooh, SED sell every day. I just coined <laughs> something from Kim. Well, it's hers, but I'm gonna borrow it. Sell every day. <laughs> so, like Ooh. there should never be a time. Cause guess what? If you don't ask for the sell, no one's guaranteed to give you their money. Facts. Facts. And then also. It's, th it's two other, it's three other reasons why I believe sell every day though, right? One, we all know because we are in the age of social media, the algorithm is always changing the algorithm sucks, right? So you're all off. First of all, your village, your tribe, your audience is always evolving. People are coming out, people are going in, people, they not on Instagram this week, they on Facebook that week, right? So everyone is not seeing everything. So even if you said the same exact thing with the same exact catchphrase, with the same exact link every single day, everyone is not going to see it. That's number one. Number two, the other part of that is when it comes to, again, the audience is growing. So people moving in and out, right? That's number two. Number one is your audience. The algorithm sucks. Number two is your audience is moving around. And number three, who is going to check you? Who going to get on your Instagram or your Facebook and be like, you sold that to me yesterday. That's your job. Mm -hmm. You're a business owner. You wow. are a business owner, right? Your job is to make money in your business. Your job is to sell. And that's where I think the sales funnel comes in at, right? Because some people do feel like sales is sleazy. I don't think sales is sleazy because my whole thing is like, you know, when I got to pay the mortgage, the rent, the gas, the electric bill, money ain't sleazy when I got to swipe that debit card to pay that bill, right? And the Absolutely. only way you want to get the, that their revenue is if you sell it, right? So that's number one. Well, that's probably like number four or five now that I'm thinking about it. But but that's my point, though. Like, you know what I mean? You got to have the revenue there. But when you have a sales funnel in place, you don't necessarily have to manually show up and sell to people every day because now you mm. have a system in place that does it for you. So literally, especially for those who are the introverts, oh, my gosh, I can't say that. But you can type it out and send it in an email, boo. Trust me, we got you. Right. Because you never know who's going to who's you never know who's watching. So you yep. definitely sell every, this should not be a day when you're not asking somebody for some money. Wow. And, and that's good because, you know, and it's funny, I know you work with CC and she told me one day, uh, hers was always be selling, right? So y'all the two powerhouses who said, I'm like, I got to start selling more. I just be trying to be nice. But like you said, I need to be doing it even if, and here's a little side note that I've done. 
I'll, I'll send an email with value coming on the, on a PS slide. I'll put a little cell in there. Like, oh, also, yeah. just, in okay. case, just in case uh, I got a special offer going on with my coaching. If you're interested, you know, click the link. So that's another way. Any 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 of your hot email uh, subject lines that work well for you or anything, any other email hacks you want to share? Yeah. So my whole thing is I definitely tell people, one, the first thing I always tell them, right, like decide how often you want to email your list. I'm telling you guys, you want to be emailing your list minimum three times a week. Right. And sometimes what you got to do to get people on a schedule is kind of like think of your own themes. Like, you know, what I mean, so for me, it may be like webinar Wednesday or it might be like, you know, manic, manic Mondays or tips on Tuesday, whatever it is. Right. Because at least that helps you stay on theme and it makes it easier to write your emails, right? The other thing that you wanna think about is you wanna make sure that you get to really know your audience and you speak their language, right? So one of the things I'm really big on when I was branding myself is I didn't wanna be corporate America Kim in my business because I had been corporate camp for so many years, right? And I just wanted to be 40 at the market. Like I wanted to be the West Philly girl in my business, right? So I just made sure to bring that, bring that into my business. So when I talk to my email list, like, you know what I mean? Or even when I talk on social media, I, I tell people how you see me online, that's the same person you want to see when you meet me in person. That's going to be the same person you're going to hear on the podcast. So I always speak my people's language. The other thing is when I have a sales email, like if it's like, if I'm doing something, it's a discount, I put in there in the email savings inside. Um, I put in there, um, open, I say things like open up because those are triggers for people. Um, but most importantly, I make sure that when someone opens up and I always do this, like, I'd be like, okay, like right now I'm looking at my inbox, right? When I look at my phone, I'm like, how many words can I put in here that people can see and still know what I'm talking about in a sentence, right? Mm. For, instance, uh, for instance, like, um, Cece just sent an email. She said, the world isn't ending. Instagram is just down. But I know exactly what her email is going to look like, what it's going to be about before I open it. Sometimes people be wanting to do parentheses, like reminder, blah, 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 blah. And you don't even know what the email is about. You don't need none of that. You need that catchphrase that's going to make your people go, oh, Kim got something to say. Oh, Nehemiah got something to say today. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. So stick yeah. to those catchphrases and keep them in a bucket. So I, on my notes app, I just have like, on my notes app, I have like a catchphrase list and I just keep them on there. And also when you see an email come through your inbox and it sparked your attention, think about the things that make you click, right? When someone yeah. says deal, flash sale, and just to add, here's another one for me. I like to put in guys, I hope you guys are taking notes. This stuff works. But first, Kim, thank you, because I got to really increase my emails to three to four times a week. Um, for sure, for sure. And then here's the other thing, guys. One thing that I do is I put like an emoji in my email subject line because everything is about a pattern inter disrupt. So if, as I go down my email, it's not too many emojis I see. So when I see one, it really triggers me to read it. I don't know if it does that for you, Kim, or if you send it, but that's something I'd be like, let me stop. Let me check it out. So I have a lot of clients that that works for, right? But I've also trained my audience. Like I believe in being a leader, right? So because of that, my audience knows I'm not really too big on emojis, right? Gotcha. So gotcha. like putting an emoji in a subject line, that wouldn't trigger them. Like, like it probably would. Like sometimes I do it as a disruptor, like on Instagram, but it's very rare that I do because gotcha. my language is a trigger for them. Like, like just gotcha. that I show up and I go funnel trap queen. And I tell people I got that from Fetty Wap because I like trap queen. Like, hello. Right, right, like, right. like, you know, so my language is already disruptive. Like, you know what I mean? So, it, and ironically, here's the other thing. I believe in the power of storytelling. I have taken mm. like, storytelling classes. I've taken creative writing classes um, because when I started my business, remember I told you guys I was going to do personal branding. So I thought I was going to be like the next Lisa Nichols, Les Brown. Like I was like, I was going to Les Brown seminars. So being able to speak and be entertaining, that's my thing, right? So because of that, like I bring that story into my emails. So like my emails, 
like the one young lady I was talking to the other day, she was like, I was so look forward to your email. She was like, even if I can't afford to buy what you're selling, I just want to read it because it's always so engaging how you bring us to the sale. So for mm. me, like I said, with sales funnels, it's about connection and really being able to tell various stories that get people to the sale. And before you even ask, I'm going to tell you how I do it. <laughs> so one of the Good look, I'm listening <laughs> and I'm sure everyone else is. Do is like you know, we always talk about what do you know about your audience, and you have to talk about their pain points, right? And I don't like talking about people's pain points because sometimes what happens is we put people in their pain points and we forget to take them out. So, mm. what's happened is we'll talk about the, the stick of what they're in and we'll leave them there so that way we can make a sale. That doesn't feel good to people, and it doesn't feel good to me, my, it doesn't align with my integrity. So instead of talking about people's pain points, I tend to talk about the situations in which the pain points show up as, right? An example of that is, an example of that is, if you out here building your business, you grinding, like you working 16 hours a day trying to get your business built. You wake up in the morning, you get the kids off of school, you go home, like you go to work, you try to sneak in and do something on your lunch break, you come home, you cook, you got to help the kids with your homework, you put the kids down for bed, you, and you got to get ready to do it all over again. You try to sneak in an hour or two to do something on your laptop or your computer. So now let's say like, you know, now your husband don't went to bed because he got to get up in the morning, but you still on the computer. You don't go to bed to 12, one o'clock at night. He didn't already been asleep for two hours. The next thing you know, that's been your routine for three months. Right. And mm. let's be clear, if you and your wife or you and your husband going to bed different times for three months, that's not a happy home. That's just real. That's just honest. Right. So the problem is, she's working so hard building her business, right? Everybody who's a business coach is showing up saying, you're overworked, you're overwhelmed. I'm showing up saying, asking you, when the last time you slept with your husband? Because then mm. she go, wait a minute, that's a disruptor, right? Because everyone else talking to her about she's overworked and she's overwhelmed, but I'm talking about how does overworked and overwhelmed show up? And not just by being tired, but what are you missing out on as a wife, as a mm. mom, as a sister, as a friend? Wow. Because That's you're overwhelmed. Let's talk about that. And not only do I want to talk about that, I want to talk about how you can change your situation. And if I can tell you how to change your situation and you see me as the crossing guard, the person that gets you from one side of the street to the other with these simple six steps, guess what? I'm forever your best friend whether you ever buy from me or not. And even if you don't buy from me, you're going to tell someone else to because every day you should always be selling because everyone you meet either needs what you have or know someone who does and my job is to make sure you know you remember that every single day mm. and look look if you're not we doing a this i'm doing a disjustice to you if i'm not letting you know this amazing offer i have for you yep <laughs> because i can help you out of your situation right like literally i have the steps and here's the thing People always go, but don't you be so fearful because you're going to give too much away. No, because the reality is most people that I work with, because I don't really work with a lot of beginners. I work with people who really know, or they already know what their skill set is. They've been trying to build the business and they don't know, they've sold, they validated the offer, meaning people have bought their stuff, but they worked really hard to make the money that they have and they want it to be easier, right? right, right. And when they get to me, they because they want it to be easier and they see the bridge they see like oh my gosh it's right there i just got to get over it a lot of times they know what they need to do but they need the accountability and the support to get it done because again not only am i talking to them about sales funnels i'm talking to them about the mindset shift what language shift do we need to change what things do we got to start doing daily because the reality is you can have all the strategy in the world right but if you ain't partnering that to make sure you living right, mentally, physically, emotionally, none of that stuff makes a difference because you cannot build a business when life is going to hell. Mm. So everything around you gotta be righteous too. Yep. That's good. So for you in terms, so let's talk about, so you tell like, hey, I need you to write uh, three to five emails a week. Should someone be looking for a copywriter or should they just be sitting down focusing on trying to write this? Like for me personally, I don't mind writing, but it's not like 
I'm better at other things, right? So is that something you say, hey, outsource this or no, sit down and try to knock out three to five emails per week? Which is a suggestion for someone listening? I tell like, people to do this, right? First of all, everything, everything in your business is repurposable. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a real word, but you need to repurpose. I like it though. It is on the uh, accelerated <laughs> repurposable. <laughs> so everything you do, you gotta be, it gotta be able to be used somewhere else, right? So someone like you, if you can, like for you, for example, Kim, I don't write three to five emails a week, but I don't also, I could do other things. I'm literally going to tell you, Nehemiah, you already got an assistant. Your assistant need to go pull your videos. They need to go pull your old podcast. They need to send them over to Timmy, get them transcribed for 10 cents a minute, right? And they need to go through it, pull out the hot quotes, pull out the blog posts, and just repurpose the information. You don't have mm. to sit around and write three to five emails. You need to tell them, listen, this is what I'm looking for. And they just need to go repurpose that information, right? Now, is that, a training, is that going to be a training situation? Yeah, because, you know, you may have to write out the steps. You're going to have to walk them through it once or twice. But you know if you have the right assistant, they'll get it done. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. So for me, you, I always tell people, I want you to stand in your power. I want you to do the things that you are well at, right? That's one of the reasons why, like, you know, one of the things I push is, like, I push, like, you know, fill in the blank email templates. I push, like, stuff that can make people's job easier because I don't want people, I don't want that to be your, your, your excuse. Oh, I ain't had time to write the email. Like, my most powerful email is one sentence. Literally, it goes, Kim, I have a question for you. And then the inside is, if I could do one thing to help you in your business, what would it be? Reply back and let me know. Because all you got to do is reply back and tell me how I can serve them. And guess what? I know what my next course needs to be. I know what my next bundle needs to be. I know what my next sale off needs to be. I need. I know what I need to talk about on Instagram, social media, and everything. So you literally just got to look at it and go, first of all, what content do you already have that exists that you can just pull the emails from? The second thing is also, the second thing is, if you knew and you don't have any content, I always go look at your audience. Who's your first, the first thing you need to do for step one is really know who your audience is and how well you know them. The second, then you need to look, once you look at your audience, what are 12 things that you can talk to your audience? What are 12 questions that you can answer for your audience? And once you know what those 12 questions are, whether you write it out, whether you record yourself on your voice app, you pull out, you know, your iPhone and you do a creative video, you go Instagram live, Facebook live, your job is to show up and answer one question a week. That's 12 weeks of content. Mm. Think about it. That's 12 weeks of content. And every time you do that big piece of content, you just need to say, okay, now that I've created the video, now that I went Instagram live, Facebook live, I did the podcast, I need to turn it into an email. I need to turn it into a blog post. It needs to go up on YouTube. We need to pull some Instagram quotes out of here. We need to pull some Twitter captions out of here. We can pull some Facebook captions out of here. Mm. Guess what? Now those 12 captions, those 12 questions, now they become content for an entire year because what you're talking about on Instagram on week one is what you're talking about on Facebook on week four is what you're talking about on Twitter on week seven is what you're talking about on YouTube on week eight because you're not going to put it up on all platforms at the same time. You want to kind of like, you know, just come up with your own schedule to make it work for you. Ooh, guys, I, look, I'm taking notes while I'm podcasting. I hope y'all listen. <laughs> Kim is dropping some serious game. And, and I like that Kim repurpose everything. Like one thing should be five, 10 things. Like you said, 12 things. It's insane. Yep. So that's incredible. The that other trick I can give you too. You know, a lot of times, especially those of us who lead other leaders, when we are when we are helping people, we'll be like the, the six-step system. Five things you can do with this. Four things to do this, right? And then y'all want to get up there and y'all want to tell all six steps at one time. So now you've been on Instagram, Facebook Live for an hour, right? You know, there is no law that says that just because you have a six-step system or you have six steps, six tips, that you have to give them all in one sitting. You literally can do an introduction and do tip one. Tell them, listen, guys, I'll be back in a, a day or two and I'll give you tip two. Come back and do tip two. Come back and do tip three. Because now you have six pieces of content instead of one big piece of content. So sometimes we mm. also just got to get out of our own way. Because the reality is most people ain't sitting around listening to you on Facebook Live for an hour anyway. They're going to drop off. They're going to come back. 
you really only have to be there that good 15 minutes to really capture the essence of what they what you're doing unless you're like you know doing like food blogging or something like that then that's different Gotcha. That's good. What's some of your favorite softwares now? Like, um, for me, email is convert kit webinar. I use webinar jam and zoom. Do you have any favorite softwares that you would like to share? Because everything for me is about how can we help create someone, make someone's entrepreneur life even easier. But a lot of times we aren't utilizing software and just programs that help us do so. Yeah. So for me, my favorite so when i'm doing webinars i'm a webinar jam girl too it's either webinar jam or zoom right either or i'm definitely using those two um i do i cre i create a lot of how-to videos so i use like loom which is a free plugin right on chrome i use loom to like you know record my screen or whatever um number yeah. one thing is everybody goes should i use lead pages no you shouldn't <laughs> So I, I know a lot of people love lead pages for whatever reason. I believe that I don't like lead pages for people who are new to sales funnels. And the reason hey, come closer, Kim. You sound a little far away. I'm not right. sure. So there you I go. Don't like, yep, I don't like lead page. So I'm not really a big fan of lead pages. I prefer click funnels over lead pages, and that for two distinct reasons. The first reason is because click funnels makes it super easy for you to put that funnel together. Because in lead pages, you just create a bunch of landing pages and you have to connect them yourself. And if you don't really know what you're doing, you're going to mess it up. In ClickFunnels, it connects all the pages inside the one funnel for you. It's already doing the work for you. Two, um, it's a price difference because you can get on ClickFunnels for just $19 a month if someone shares a funnel with you which also, again, makes it super easy to get your funnel up and running. Lead pages, you pay $80 a month and you may not be in a position to really be able to finance that, that cost up front, that, you know, right away. So like when it comes to like funnel software, I always, I say click funnels for the beginner. Um, Evan, webinar Jam, Zoom, when it comes to um, webinars. I'm an entrepreneur girl. Um, for my email system. Of course, everyone doesn't have to start out with Entreport. Entreport is a full client relationship management system, so I could do everything in there. Um, mm. So um, if someone's not ready for Entreport, I definitely tell them they could either use ConvertChip or even MailChimp because now MailChimp is trying to compete with everybody. So, you know, they that platform has definitely come a long way. So between MailChimp and ConvertKit for email, um, I'm a... When it comes to graphics, I pretty much use Canva. And I'm the girl that knows Photoshop. I know like how to code. Cause again, I'm I'm from I'm from corporate and I am sales funnels, right? You know, all that stuff wasn't out back then. So right. I know how to code and I know how to use Photoshop, but I prefer Canva because it's super easy. It's right there. Super easy. Like I can use it on, <laughs> keep it on my phone. Um let's see. So graphics is Canva, webinars is Zoom and Webinar Jam. Um, landing pages. I do funnels. I prefer click funnels. My email is entreport, but if you're just starting out, you could definitely do MailChimp or ConvertKit. Um, I'm trying to think it's something else that I think I use. And for me, a lot of the apps that I use are on my phone, like in the, the in-house apps. I use my notes app every day. I use my voice app every day. Like, you know, my voice app every day, my notes app every day. Um, and those are things that are just right there. But it's when I'm recording, I'm using Loom. Like, I don't, like, I'm not the person that goes out and buys a whole bunch of expensive stuff to build, like, you know, a, a multi-seven-figure business. I still do my videos on my iPhone. Like, <laughs> I don't have, like, yeah, I agree. And stuff. Like, and people get so and, shocked when I'm like, I do my videos for my courses on my iPhone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that's crazy because I think us you know everyone listening we we think oh we need the best camera we need no start with start where you are with what you have use your like i think the iphone is so underutilized like i recorded a podcast episode in my memos right i record my ad videos on my phone everything i listen to my podcast on my phone like literally i barely use my laptop i use everything on my phone so people understand if you have a phone you can have a business you absolutely can. And that's one of the things I believe about, and I'm going to let you guys know this, when it comes to sales funnels, you're going to hear a lot of people, like even me, like I have my preferred way of doing things, right? But the reality is you can build a sales funnel with, with whatever you have going on right now in your business, right? If you're not ready for like the landing page software, you can build your landing pages and convert kit. Like there's never an excuse to not get something done. 
Like, you know what I mean? So just remember that, like, you know, every email service provider has a landing page software right now. Canva is free. Like, so you literally have no excuses to not getting it done. Yeah. Look, the only excuse, we got to remove all excuses, especially if you want to be a successful six and seven figure and eight figure business owner. You're not going to get there by, by making excuses, really. Changing the language. Changing language. Look, my friend told me the other day, I'm sorry, Kim, he's like, hey, I, I'm even going to make, it's either two type of people. There's someone who's going to make it happen or make an excuse. You choose which one you want to be. There you go. Bam. Oh, I yeah. like that. You know, is you even going to make it happen or you going to make an excuse? I can almost tell people are going to be successful versus people are not because successful people don't make excuses. Absolutely. They just say this has to work or it has to work. I'm going to find a way to make it work. Like for me as an entrepreneur, the word no don't mean no. It means next opportunity. It means next opportunity or what can I learn? Like I tell people all the time is like, you know, we hear people say there's no such thing as failure and people like, but it didn't work. But first, we need to look and see why didn't it work, right? Like, what's right. really going on? I always tell people, when something's not working in your business, it's only three reasons why. And it's either the offer, the message, or the traffic, right? And a lot of times, that's backed by your inconsistency. Let's be clear, <laughs> Let's be clear right? So it's either the offer, the message, or the traffic, right? A lot of times, like, we have unrealistic goals. Like, the, I was talking to someone the other day, and she wanted 100 people to sign up for her paid masterclass. But the reality was when we looked at the numbers, she was only in front of 200 engaged people. So you looking at to convert at 50%. 50% is probably less that's, likely. It's, it's, that's not realistic. Your traffic is off, right? The reality no. is your funnel is working because you have eight people signed up. So even at eight people signed up out of 200, you above average, let's be clear. Yep. <laughs> yep. Like, you know what I mean? So your funnel is working, but your traffic is off. But you mm. look at it as it didn't work. It's a failure. I don't want to do this again. Change your language. People suffer from what I call KTD syndrome. I know that. Mm. I tried that. I done that. It didn't work, right? Listen, mm. but did you try mm. it my way? Did you try it my way? Because I'm telling you, if you try it my way, I guarantee you get better results. Like, Yeah, yeah. And it's funny you say I was doing a... Uh, I did a webinar and I was telling my uh, one of my mentees, like, oh, in a webinar, we was able to make this. It's like 27,000 or something. And he was like, all right, bet. I'm about to do, I'm about to do it all. I'm like, it ain't as easy as it sounds. Like, just because I it, it sounded like it was easy, go try it. And he tried, like, bro, it we sold like three programs. I'm like, bro, it takes time. Like a lot of us can we think we're gonna do something once. You can't build a sales funnel and think you're going to get the results that Kim may be getting when she's been doing this for years. I truly believe it, it takes time and practice, but a lot of us can never get to where we could be because we quit too soon. We quit right before the breakthrough. We quit right before. I don't know. You ever see the meme where the guy hitting through the rocks and he decided to turn around? If he would have hit the rock one more time, one more the time. diamonds would have came out. Yep. Like, and but, but you a know, lot of us there's a parable, I think in Thinking Grow Rich, there's a parable about that. How, like when the guy was digging for gold, like in the city. Yeah, three like, feet from gold. Yeah, three feet. Like, it's, it's so, like, and we still do that to this day. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's really is. It's really crazy. Like, we still do that because, but I also kind of blame social media for that a little bit too, right? And the reason why is because we live in a world right now where we get instant gratification, like you don't even mm -hmm. like think about it. Like you can now order like from Amazon and Amazon deliver in two hours where it used to be two days. Right. Wow. Like so we live in a space of so much instant gratification that we think like and so many people only tell the successful side of their journey. Mm -hmm. It's they don't it's like everybody's like, Oh, I want that life. I was talking to um I was in an Uber the other day and I was talking to the driver or whatever, and I was like, you know, it's crazy because he was saying he was talking about like how like his sister was like on a she wouldn't get no job she was trying to build a business like you know what i mean she's sleeping on the floor because she didn't want to buy furniture because she wanted to use the money to invest in a business and i was like you know you talking about her sleeping on her floor right now but let me tell you something when her grind is over and your sister is making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year you're gonna praise her for sleeping on that floor and he was mm. like never thought about it like that i was like yeah because we will dog people and talk about them when they in the brunt work of it because nothing's working and we're like oh they always borrowing money they doing this and doing that i was like but when she becomes the success story everyone praises her for sleeping on the floor 
Isn't that crazy though? That's so yep. crazy. Like, yep. we think about it. And that's crazy. That's how we are. Like, oh, I know them back then, but why <laughs> do you support them? <laughs> you know, why do you encourage that at that time? They so you know. said one more key, Kim. I want to get you off of here um, because I know how valuable it is, but I'm super grateful. How do you create? Because I think this is important. Let's touch on it. The irresistible offer. Like a lot of us, we've been told sell, 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 but we've never been told offering, which is bundling, which is just making your deal so good. It's like, I feel bad if I don't buy what she's offering or what he's offering. What's some steps to developing an irresistible offer? Because like you just told me, it's three things that stop people from succeeding. I, want, I think you said the, the offer, the traffic, and what was the third one? The message. The message. So one of those things is off. You may not, you may be leaving thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions on the table. So with some steps that creating an irresistible offer, we well, heard about the message so far. That's what yeah, the emails and various. With, and we talked about the traffic because the traffic is just a numbers game. Like, so here's the thing when it comes to having an irresistible offer, right? Stop selling the offer. And I know people are going to be like, what? What she mean by that? Right. You need to sell the result. People don't care how many times they get to talk to you. They don't care how many templates you're going to get them. They don't care how long the course videos are. They care about what they're going to get on the other side of it. What's the outcome? Mm. Mm. If you learn how to sell your result, you ain't never got to sell another course. Because the reality is nobody wants your course. Nobody wants to be coached. People buy because they want the result the course or the coaching provides. Even, mm, if that's you good. Are a pro- even if you are a product-based business, I don't care about your t-shirt. I don't care about your, your weave system. I don't care about your skincare line. What I care about is, is it, is it going to help me glow up? When I use your moisturizer, is, am I going to be glowing? Is this chocolate skin going to be popping? That's what I care about, right? Mm-hmm. When I buy mm-hmm. your hair, I don't care that your hair is a 20-inch bundle or it's Brazilian or Malaysian. What I care about is how am I going to look in it? When I Mm. buy your t-shirt, I don't really care too much about the slogan, but I do care about the fit, the feel of it. Like, you know what I mean? So I, people need to remember what is it, the result that it provides? Like, what are you really, Mm. and what are you really giving to the people? Features and benefits. When you can stand clear in the result that you provide to people, they will forever be grateful. And they will always be like, how can I get that in the most accessible way for me? Right? So for me, I know I help people sell their offers every single day. I have, I have two jobs. My job is to make sure that your clients see the value in what you do and they're willing and able to pay for you. And I'm here to help you sell your offers every single day. Now, when you tell me that you're ready to make sure your offers are selling every single day, what I say to you is, how do you need to be supported? Are you someone that needs to have a check-in system? Meaning you can hit me up on Voxer, you can throw me a DM. Are you someone that needs a a phone, like a phone call check-in? Do you have a team? Meaning if I came in and I taught your team how to do it and they got it done, would that be beneficial for you? Or are you the person zigzagging across the world and you can get it done on a plane? Because then once I know the result that you want and how you want to be supported, then I say, well, you should buy this course or you should sign up for this coaching package or you should attend this live event. Because mm-hmm. now it's not about that course, that event, that offer. It's about making sure you get the result that you desire. Facts. Ooh. Listen up, people. Listen up. And Kim, as we come to a close, how important, because you and I are both avidly invest in ourselves. We've seen each other at a couple conferences and we're this there getting information because we understand the more you learn at some point you're going to remove the l so i want you how important is coaching for you um and just getting out information that can help you get to the next level you know my family teases me um because i'm like the forever student right before i got the idea that i actually wanted to pay off my student loan debt i used to avoid paying my student loan debt and I used to avoid that by making sure I always went back to school because as long as you was in school, you ain't had to pay it, right? That's my own truth. Right? No judgment zone here, right? So they used to tease me because I was the forever student. And honestly, that hasn't changed. And But you know what? What has changed is how I look at education. 
the reality mm. is I am always required to level up. And the reason for that is just because of my upbringing, but also I am a woman, I'm African-American, like, you know what I mean? And we already had those hurdles. So we always are, we've been, I was raised to always know I had to go three, four times as harder, right? But now I'm in a space of leadership. And I know that not only are like my nephews looking to me, my great nephews. So when I say my nephews, guys, I'm talking about my great nephews, my nieces, kids, right? So not only Mm -hmm. is my family looking to me, but now I've got this whole internet community that's looking at Kim McCarter. And the reality is, I don't want to. I don't want to breed a bunch of Kim McCarters. I want to breed people who can also be leaders. And yeah. I feel like, as as a learner, as a leader, my job is to be a sponge. So I always need to be absorbing information because the more information I absorb, the more information I can pass along. And as long as I am always making sure that I'm not just talking to people who want to be where I am, but I'm also looking to my left and my right. Cause when I'm sitting in the audience, you on my left. Right. And then my homegirls is on my right. I still got to be able to share that knowledge that I have with y'all. And sometimes even the people who are ahead of me, because technically we are in a, we are in a true 360 degree cipher. And the only way that we can push this world forward is to make sure that we are hitting it on all points because that's the only way we're going to move the community forward. So when I'm looking at my learning for myself, I'm not just looking at it like, do I need to take this course to help my business grow? A lot of times I take courses and I make investments that's not about me personally at all, but it's about learning a skill set that I know that can help my brethren. Because the reality Mm -hmm. is, as a Black woman, as a business owner, as someone who comes up, I mean, I keep saying I'm of the block, (laughs) right? I also know the barriers that come from being from the neighborhood, right? We know we have generational wealth gaps. We have like gentrification taking over. And I tell people all the time, like, I don't want to have conversations about gentrification and rich people moving in and taking over the neighborhood. I want to have conversations about how do we make the neighborhood rich, like, you know what I mean? Like, let's like how, like, I remember my grandfather selling his house. He had a, a three-story home um, on Sam 40th and Samson, which was right around the corner from University of Penn. And I remember when he passed away, family selling the house because they got a quick $250,000. And that was like in 98, 99. Right now, hmm. that house worth like $2 million. Same. Wow. Right. But imagine if we would have kept it in the family. Cause we didn't really, the house was free and clear and paid for, right? Philly mm. taxes ain't nothing compared to what we pay for taxes in Jersey. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, how do we change the mindset? Cause you know, the reality is, and I know a lot of people don't want to hear this, but my grandmother was born in 1913. She was the daughter of a sharecropper who was the grandson of a slave, but they thought so differently than how, current grandmoms think right you know my grandma was like she had to have a savings she had life insurance on everybody like you (laughs) she had life insurance on everybody she had a savings she used to have her little passbook that went to the bank right when the when first union when um wells fargo was still first union the first union was fidelity she had the same little passbook everybody had a savings account right but somewhere along the line in like the 80s into the 90s we lost that behavior and I really think it's yep. time for us to get it back. And the only way we can get it back is if we remember that not only do I need to like coach people who want to be where I am, but I need to raise up the people who are with me and also be willing to look up and go, hey, I can help you with that. Mm. Wow, that's good. And that and that's why why I'm on a mission really of helping youth because if we help them at 13, 14, 15, they're not gonna get in credit card debt. They're not going to get in student loan debt if they don't want to. They'll know how to go to school for free. They'll know to learn the skill. They'll know about real estate investing. They'll know about business wealth. But I feel like we got to get to them now. So it won't be, I messed my credit up because I didn't have no one tell me not to. I didn't know how important it was at that time. So it's crazy just to think like, man, we can literally change lives if we, we take action. So Kim said something important earlier. Guys, we have to take action on our goals and dreams because we give other people the permission to do it. Some people are waiting. You're listening to this podcast, right? Somebody is waiting for you to say yes to your goals and dreams so they can say yes. Like your kids, your kids, they they have so much potential, so much inside of them, but they're probably afraid to go pursue their dreams because they don't see you pursuing yours. 
So if you listen to this right now, I want you to understand you got what it takes. You are successful. You are a business owner. You can generate six figures. You can generate seven figures. You can generate eight figures. But you're going to have to say yes to yourself. You're going to have to seek out the right information. You're going to have to change your language, as Kim said, and change your mindset that you winning is the only option. And I think that's going to be the way for people to win. So, Absolutely. Yep. I couldn't say it better. Hey, thank you, Kim. Listen, I want people to know how they can support you. Uh, please share your Instagram. Please share your website. Um, and just the way people can be able to get in touch with you to hire you for services, to just be able to check out your social media, and just to kind of uh, become a tribe member, become a part of the Kim Village. So I, I keep it real simple. My social media, regardless of where you're going to find me at, is Miss Kim McCarter. So that's M-S-K-I-M-M-C-C-A-R-T-E-R. And I think I sent it over to um, Richie, so that way he has it as well. And what I did was, I do not believe, so this is a little inside trick for y'all. Like, you could absolutely go to KimCarter.com and you can find out all things Kim McCarter. But I also share with you guys um, a special link, so that way you guys can take my free masterclass. And you can learn everything that we talked about tonight is all summed up for you in a 45 minute concentrated training environment on how to get that sales funnel implemented in your business in less than three days. Let's go. So listen, guys, we'll drop that in the show notes so you guys can able to connect. And I just want to say thank you, Kim, so much for spending time with us here this evening. Uh, we normally do 30 minutes. We went an hour. <laughs> Just for just for the record, I'm known for that. Like, so it's every time I show up on somebody. So I'm real finicky about who I who podcasts I do because I'm just you know. But um, I I always tell people like you know people be like oh we're gonna go 45 minutes we end up going 90 and that's just because like you know when I connect with someone that I know I can vibe with like it's just natural like you know what I mean. I I definitely wanted to. I'm happy I didn't rush 20 30 minutes. This was fire, guys. This is going to be one of those episodes you need to go re-listen to maybe two or three times to really extract all the nuggets because there was a whole lot of nuggets in here that would definitely get your mind right and your pockets right if you take action on it. So we appreciate that. So listen, guys, we're coming to a close very quickly. Please make sure you're following Kim. Please check out her training. Please uh, go in her DMs, Instagram, and just let her know you appreciate the value that she dropped today. And uh, again, as the podcast grow day after day, I want every guest to come on and know they're appreciated, they're loved. And the best way to show that is with your help. So please go follow her and show her love and support. But with that being said, guys, we're coming to a close. Another amazing episode of Accelerate the Great. Please like the podcast. Please share it. Please rate it. Please review it. And remember, guys, information will change your situation with implementation. So apply this information, and I'm certain it's going to help you get to get you to where you got to go. So everybody have a great day. Look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. In the meantime, make sure you accelerate to great.